Well, good morning, everyone. How are you doing? Doing all right? I feel like I need to introduce myself. I've had the opportunity to preach at a few churches here in the area, and it's been awesome for me. been able to get some experience. I want to thank you all so much for giving me the freedom to do that. I very much appreciate it. I know you all are in my corner, and I just want to thank you for that. So today I'll be starting a two-week mini-series called Bridge Builders. This series will focus on mending relationships hindered by hurt, bitterness, and sin. Church is 2023, and the world is built upon the idea of leaving and disregarding difficult, challenging, and bitter relationships. However, we can fight to save and rekindle relationships that are stricken by bitterness. We can fight for unity and work to build bridges. This is the core message of the gospel in the New Testament as a whole. Forgiveness can be seen in the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And you see, church, we're all going to need forgiveness in our life. It's a question of when. Not only through Christ, but also through friends, family, co-workers, and even acquaintances. The truth of the matter is we often make mistakes that result in broken relationships that we will deem DOA. Since we've already established that forgiveness is a core theme in the New Testament, we're going to put our attention on the Apostle Paul. Now we all remember the Sunday school lesson or the Kingdom Kids lesson where Paul, formerly Saul, was riding to Damascus and he had a divine appointment with God which left him blinded but left him eternally heaven-minded. Paul or Saul was responsible for the persecution of Christians, or referred to then as the way. Although this guy was responsible for the killing of innocent people who were deemed guilty of proclaiming the gospel, Paul was offered God's saving grace and accepted the gift of salvation. Paul was familiar with and aware of the power of forgiveness in his own life, but also in the lives of the churches that he helped uh, plant and where he served at. So we're going to read this morning Colossians chapter 3, verses 13 through 14. Bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so must you do also. In addition to all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Paul told Christians to show Christ's mercy to those around them. Believers must be able to execute grace to those around them. And you see, the hard process of executing forgiveness starts with good blueprints. I aim to help people execute forgiveness by reminding them of God's endless mercy. Building starts with good blueprints. In the verses that we just read, Paul gives us a blueprint for the hard process of forgiveness. Paul, he wrote to the church of Colossia from a prison cell in Rome, and he likely didn't visit um, the church there until after he got out, prior to the writing of this letter. He probably heard it from a friend who was in prison with him. Paul wrote this letter to warn the church against heirs of doctrine and practice. Paul explains in Colossians that Christ is the center of the universe and the head of the church. We see that in chapter 1. But in the verses of Colossians that we just read, Paul is describing the characteristics of God that believers must strive to obtain in their own life. 
in verse 13, we can see the word bearing with. Paul was telling people to have patience with others in regard to their errors, in regard to their faults, their wrongdoings and sin. Paul is saying that when believers are wronged, they endure. When believers are persecuted, they endure. Not only are Christians, not only are believers marked by enduring, but they are marked by forgiving others. Paul also says that we must forgive one another as Christ has forgiven us. The fact that Paul is asking us to forgive other people proves that Paul's not a dreamer, alright? He's not John Lennon. He understands that we are messed up. He understands that Christians still, still sin. Paul suggests that believers must be transformed in Christ in every aspect of their life particularly in their willingness to forgive others who are lost and also to fellow Christians. Paul outlines Christ as the example, not only for the power of forgiveness, but also for the process of forgiveness. God's forgiveness is final and it is complete. It's not conditional and it is not partial. How is it that a holy God is able to forgive guilty sinners? It's because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. God has forgiven us for Christ's sake, not for our own sake. We see that in Isaiah 43.25. God saves believers of their sinfulness because He wants us to worship Him. And Christians can only do this if God forgives them. God is a jealous God. He will do whatever it takes to build the bridge, to mend the relationship between mankind and Him. Believers are loved and forgiven by God. And this adds up to grace. Verse 14 tells us that we must exhibit forgiveness to people out of love for each other, which binds the whole process together. It binds it together in perfect unity. It binds it together in perfect oneness. And it binds it together in perfect completeness. Love is what holds all things together. Love is the quality that produces unity. Love is the beauty of the believer that dispels the ugliness of sin that causes disunity. The word love in verse 14 is translated from the word agape, which is referred to as patient love, caring love, unconditional love. Paul is suggesting that love is patient. Christians who are patient will exhibit love to those who have wronged them. Love bridges the relationship between all people. Love binds believers' relationship with God. It can certainly bind together our relationship with other people. God does not hesitate or delay people from receiving His forgiveness out of His abundance of love. As believers of the Christian way, we must hold up and endure alongside people no matter what the grievance is, no matter what the beef may be between us. When there's a grievance or a conflict that arises, many people tend to jump ship. You see, it's easier to cancel somebody. It's easy to avoid a difficult conversation. It's easy to do all those things. Let me tell you, church, I'm glad that that's not the decision that Jesus made for me. Jesus, He entered into the difficulty. He endured for us. Because of His sacrifice, we have all benefited from His sacrifice. 
It can be certainly be challenging to pursue a relationship that is broken or when someone has wronged you. When someone has gone against me, I'll tell you what I want to do, church. I want to throw Colossians 3 out the car window. However, Paul, he wants us to forgive out of love. We ought to wrap everything we do in love. Because pursuing to attempt to mend broken relationships is hard and it is scary. It's important to know that love drives out fear. Peter 5.7 says, Having cast all your anxiety on Him, because He cares about you, He will bring peace unto all of us. Of course, forgiving people is tough. It's a hard road to travel. However, if we use the blueprint given to us by God and grow in our new life in Christ, we can bring all of our burdens to the foot of the cross. There is freedom in forgiveness and joy in reconciliation. We must know that our life is to be founded and based upon our new position as risen with Christ. The life that is in Christ is also in us. He is the vine and we are the branches. We must choose forgiveness. We all know that forgiveness is wonderful, but it's also true that resentment, bitterness, being unforgiving are terrible ways to live. We see in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus tells us that it's not a, just a terrible way to live, but it is a death sentence. So Matthew 6, 14-15 says, For if you forgive other people for their offenses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive other people, then your Father will not forgive your offenses. You see, if I choose to hold a grudge, if I choose to carry a terrible burden, if I choose to not forgive others, then I won't be forgiven by God. Listen to this parable, church. I'm going to read from, for you uh, Luke chapter 7, verses 40 through 44. And Jesus responded and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he replied, Say it, teacher. A moneylender had two debtors. The one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they were unable to repay, he canceled the debts of both. So which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I assume the one from whom he canceled the greater debt. And he said to him, You have judged correctly. What we just read was a story of borrowing and lending. How many times has somebody wronged you and the first thing that comes to mind is, Well, hey, they owe me an apology. Or, yeah, but they still owe me money. You see, church, we have the power to forgive our debt and our debtors. Jesus told us that forgiveness is the key. As we find new life in Him, we must strive to have and foster the same forgiveness as God. After we forgive someone of our wrong, we must treat them kindly afterwards. When somebody's wronged us, we must display love to them and treat them as if nothing ever happened. Why? Because this is the same love God has shown to all of us. Think about the sin in your life. Imagine if God put guidelines or parameters around His forgiveness. Imagine if He said, hey, this sin over here, I'll forgive that, but this sin way over here, I'm not going to forgive that. Imagine if God did that. How does God forgive each and every single one of us? I have five quick characteristics of God that explain His mercy and grace. And I'm going to rattle these off, so buckle in and try to stay with me. Number one, He holds back His anger. 
We all know King David, alright? This was a guy after God's own heart. However, despite the blessings in his life, he had a reputation of royally dropping the ball. However, God still continued to pour His abundant blessing and mercy upon him. David actually wrote about this in several psalms. So I'm going to read two passages for you. Psalm 86.15 says, But you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abundant in mercy and truth. Psalm 103.8 says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. No matter our sins, God will not unleash His full anger on us. However, He is our Father, and He will correct us when we need it. Whenever He reproofs us, it is from a place of love that that results in the progression of us being made more into His image every single day. Number two, God meets us where we are in our sin and offers His abundant mercy and grace. God meets people where they are. Remember Peter in the love question in John 21? Peter couldn't tell Jesus that he loved him agape, unconditionally. However, Jesus met Peter right where he was at and told him to tend my sheep in verse 17. Number three, God always makes the first move to forgive. We're all familiar with John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. God has already made the first move towards forgiveness. He gave His only Son to live a perfect life and make the ultimate sacrifice so that we may have eternal life through new life in Him. He made the first move for you and I. Number four. God continues to forgive us even though we continue to sin. Sinning is something that I'm good at, church. I'm sure we are all good at sinning. In fact, the Bible says, for all people have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. However, not only do we sin, we continually sin and fall short of the glory of God. And despite this truth, God continues to forgive us because He loves us so much. He can set aside my wrongdoing by loving and continuing to foster a relationship, a personal relationship, an intimate relationship with me. Number five, there's no probation period with God. He is always ready to forgive. Church, He's always ready to forgive. Psalm 86.5 says, For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive. So in recap, what we've learned about God's forgiveness is that He holds back His anger God meets us where we are in our sin and offers His abundant mercy and grace. God always makes the first move to forgive and there's no probation period with God. He is always ready to forgive. These are characteristics of God and they never change. As believers who are striving to be made more into His image every single day, we must seek to have these same characteristics as our Father. Have you ever said, I forgive you, but I can't forget? Ever thought that? You see, I know I have. This right here is forgiveness with the legs cut off. It is cheap and it don't mean much. If we begin putting parameters, if we begin putting guidelines around our forgiveness toward others, we increase the bitterness rather than trying to build a bridge. If we do this, we never truly forgive. God has offered us a gift of Grace, and grace is only a gift if it costs us absolutely nothing. We do nothing to deserve His goodness or His mercy. Does God put guidelines around His forgiveness of sinners? 
I know in my case He doesn't. God loves us. Love comes with unconditional support, mercy, and grace. We are to love all people. Therefore, forgiveness must be fueled with love for our neighbor. Without love in our hearts, we let our own flesh, we let our own agenda take over. If somebody wrongs or hurts you, you still got to love them and display the same forgiveness that God has shown to each and every single one of us. Any good contractor starts with blueprints to build anything. The example Jesus gives us for forgiveness is perfect. Throughout the entirety of Scripture, we are met with love, mercy of God over and over again. God doesn't require anything for His perfect forgiveness of our many sins. And as Christians, the Word of God is the blueprint for how we are called to bridge the gap between good and bad, between righteousness and sinfulness. Forgiveness isn't easy, but we must realize that God has all the plans and has laid those plans out for us. A common mistake is that Benjamin Franklin was President of the United States. To make it clear, he was never President of the United States. However, despite this fact, this does not mean that he did not make great contributions to the forming and founding of the United States. Ben Franklin, he had a great uh, influence during the Revolutionary War. Um, great scientist, did great things for um, science, especially in the field of electricity. I think he also created the bifocal, too. And I read this quote this week by him, and I want to share it with you. Ben Franklin once said, Doing an injury puts you below your enemy. Revenging one makes you but even with him. Forgiving it sets you above him. You see, church, too often people forget or neglect to extend forgiveness to others. And we also expect to not receive forgiveness ourselves. But you see, we must take the step of building the bridge between forgiveness and resentment. I've done so much in my own life to go against God by not repenting, turning, uh, turning from perpetual sin. And despite my shortcomings, despite my sin, despite the wrong in my life, God has chosen to forgive me out of His abundance of love, mercy, and grace. These are qualities that we must be ready to give to those around us, to those who have wronged us, we must use the blueprint of forgiveness bestowed to us by God. Today we've discussed the characteristics of God pertaining to forgiveness. Forgiveness must be fostered in love for our neighbor. Just like we read in Colossians, we must learn to hold up, to bear with, to endure with people, with our neighbor out of love. We must begin building the bridge. Paul told Christians to show Christ's mercy to those around them. And believers must be able to execute grace to those around them. I hope to help you execute grace, forgiveness, by reminding us of God's endless mercy on our own lives. We've learned that building starts with good blueprints. God has given us the blueprints. And if you've accepted Jesus into your heart, into your life, you've experienced the perfect example of forgiveness in the whole world. Church, we've discussed that forgiveness ain't easy. There will be some long days. It will require a lot sometimes. But there is restoration that comes through Him 
that provides peace like nothing else. Would you bow with me, please? As we close today, I want to ask you to think about, to ponder two questions this week. The first one is, where are you getting your blueprints? Whose plan are you reading? Church, the world all around us is giving us the wrong blueprint, but they're telling us ours is wrong. See, our blueprint is found in the Word of God through the example of the forgiveness given to us through faith by grace alone. How can you plan to get into the Word of God? The plan of God. The second is, who do you need to extend forgiveness to this week? Maybe it's somebody in your life that's wronged you. Somebody's spread lies about you. Somebody's written something mean on Facebook about you. Church, it's clear throughout the entirety of Scripture that forgiveness is part of the Christian way. The only reason any one of us is sitting in this room, this building this morning, is by the grace of God. We have a clean slate. We must possess the same love for others that God has for them. Love is the trait that brings all things together. So out of love, we must be ready to forgive those who have wronged us. Somebody spreads lies, forgive them. Somebody goes against you, forgive them. Because God has done the same thing for each and every single one of us. So if you're struggling with offering forgiveness, if you're struggling with showing love to someone, I want to pray with you this morning. Just lift your hand real quick. Just lift your hand. Okay? Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Who's having trouble building the bridge? Who's having trouble mending that relationship? Okay, if you raise your hand, I want to pray with you this morning. Dear God, You have bestowed the greatest gift ever. You have offered us salvation. You've offered us forgiveness of sin that results in eternity with You through the faith in Your Son. I pray that what we've discussed this morning leads us to displaying the same love, grace, and mercy that You've offered to all people. I pray that as we dive into the difficulty, as we dive into mending broken relationships, as we begin building bridges, that You will give us peace and mercy, strength, comfort, I pray that you'll be with us and fill us with peace and love for our neighbor. I ask this in your holy son's name, Jesus. Amen. You're the God who